welcome back, DJI Multiverse. This is DJI Mark for the Dad's Got Issues podcast. This is issue number 52. Um, we're going to pull two books off the press today for this Hot the Press issue. Um, and then we're going to go over the, I guess, end results of DC's most recent uh, comic book event in Future State. Um, we got back to normal this week as far as comic book releases go in the DC universe. Not a whole lot of independent um, that we pick up or read, so we were we had some extra time to dedicate to the DC stuff, get called up, wrap up Future State, and um, dive back into um, a level of normalcy for DC publishing. Um, we got Infinite Frontier number zero um, this week, along with uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, Swamp Thing, Suicide Squad, and I know I'm missing one. Um, another. So we get, um, we like I said, we get a level of normalcy back with Batman 106, which we're going to cover um, here in a sec. Um, and then obviously we get a reintroduction to the DC Omniverse that was created as a result of Scott Snyder's death metal um, event. Uh, so let's, before I give any thoughts on Infinite Frontier and Death Metal and, and Future State, let's, let's dive into Batman 106. Um, so we pick up in Batman issue 106, right where we kind of left off, um, before Future State. Uh, Bruce is still struggling with being Batman after, um, the Joker War. Uh, a lot of his allies, so to speak, are kind of off doing their own thing. He doesn't seem to have a whole lot of assistance um, in in what he's doing, but he does have some backup. Um, Barbara Gordon is back in her role as the voice in his ear as Oracle, um, and he's got uh, Ghostmaker um, as his, basically, uh, I mean... I don't want to say his sidekick, but as his partner at this moment. Um, and I don't know how long that's going to last. Um, because obviously I think him and Batman both have a moral crossroads. At some point they're going to, you know, they're going to reach. Obviously Batman's doing his best to pull his friend back and, you know, say, hey, you know, we're going to do it. If you're in my city, you're going to do it my way type of thing. But how much longer it's going to be Batman City um, is yet to be seen, so to speak. Um, James and um, Jorge Jimenez um, are continuing to do a good job with this series. Um, I know James doesn't have long-term plans. I think he plans on staying on Batman through the end of at least 2021. So we should get to see a lot of this fleshed out over the next couple, at least the next year or so. Um, what his envision or his vision for this um, part of the omniverse is, so to speak. Um, Harley Quinn's back. What her role exactly is going to be, I don't know. It, it it didn't seem like she was working with Batman or Ghostmaker. It just seems like she was watching them. Um, we're then introduced to. Um, Saint Industries 
And, you know, basically this is the, the corporation that is trying to introduce the magistrate into Gotham. So a little bit of pre future state dark detective, um, as of right now, mayor, um, the, the newly elected mayor, uh, Nakano, uh, I, I butcher names, but I do it all the time. Um, Basically, he, he's, he hasn't fully committed himself to waging war on the masks yet. Um, he obviously ran his campaign on it. He wants to take Gotham back. But uh, Mr. Saint is obviously making a pretty, pretty compelling pitch um, with the, you know, the peacemate, um, with the magistrate and his, his, um, his goons, so to speak. Um, so... If I'm being honest, it's a good issue. Um, obviously, uh, James does really well in the scope of horror and the weird. So I think introducing Scarecrow into the story um, is a very is very much up his alley, and he should be able to capitalize on that as much as he did capitalize on, um, you know, the use of the Joker and some of the creepier aspects of his character. Um, it was nice to see, uh, like I said, that building on, you know, the events leading up to future state as far as Joker Wars, but also falling back on the events that we've read in future state. So we didn't really have a lot of, you know, when we, we were asking about, you know, during the entire run of future state was the, the beef, right? We were asking... You know, where's the where's the meat and potatoes of this meal that I'm eating? Like, I want to know how we got here. I want to know how far in the future we are. Um, because like we said, you know, we want to be able to invest in these stories. I think Dark Detective, between the two Batman titles that came out with Future State, is the probably is probably the better of the two. Um, it had just had more a more well-rounded feel to it. You didn't have to dive in as deep to figure out who people were, what was going on. You kind of understood if you were reading Batman up to that point where how we could have gotten to this point um, in the story. Um, attached to 106, though, uh, I guess this is DC's new thing, um, is the, the secondary story, you know, background story. Um, right. Damian Wayne um, sneaks up on his mother, Talia, um, who she's hiding in some part of the world, um, Markova, Markovia, sorry. And, um, you know, he gets in and she basically, she basically calls him out, you know, what are you doing here? Why are you here? You know, he basically says that, you know, he says his father's a failure. He doesn't want to be Robin anymore. He wants to be his own person, and he's coming for his birthright with the League of Shadows. Um, he's got a new costume. It's a little theatrical for my taste. Um, but, you know, he has a conversation with Talia, and basically Talia reluctantly, I think, is is leaning towards allowing him to come back and do what he's doing, uh, do, doing what he wants to do. And then a group of assassins come and, you know, he, he, Damien was on the impression they were with Talia. Talia was on the impression he, they were with Damien. 
Um, and we find out they are actually members of the League of Lazarus, which obviously is is new. It's a new introduction, more new characters for the Batman um, universe. We don't know who leads them. We don't know what their purpose are. We just know that they were there to attack Damien and Talia. Um, and obviously going after the two apparent heirs to the throne makes the most sense. At the end of the fight scene, we obviously, we get Talia being held at knife point and Damien, you know, her telling Damien to kill the guy. And of course, you know, Damien says, you know, what I'm going to assume is I can't. Um, But they leave you on the cliffhanger um, of potentially Talia having her throat slit. Um, And then tells you that it will be continued in Detective 1034. So, Overall, like I said, it was a very good issue, a uh, very good issue to get us back into the swing of normalcy for DC and DC Comics. Um, we did, obviously, uh, issue number 50 uh, when we spoke about the, how we would fix a DC multiverse or whatever, I, I don't, or DC Comics universe. I didn't really touch on the fact that, obviously, Batman, no, we did, we did talk about it a little bit. Batman was three of the top 10 best-selling books of last year. So at the end of the day, obviously kicking kicking things off with the character that people are most attuned to, I feel like is probably the best um, best case scenario for DC. Um, any thoughts, any feelings? How, how did you feel? Did, did it pick back up where we left off? Or um, um, So... I I uh I read it. Um it was fine for a Batman book. Uh the the whole thing with the um Damien running back to Talia, like okay, well, um that's fine, I guess. Uh, I don't really have any issues with it. It's just I'm trying to figure out like when Damien is going to grow up because when in, in which book was it where we saw him don the cow, uh, uh, deceased. Yeah. Right. Damien grew up. Yeah. And I liked him as Batman. Um, this doesn't seem to be following along that continuity, right? We're, we're staying in the, the where it's going to lead into the future state thing. But, um, if that's the case, like then the the cow is going to is going to suffer because I think Damien is the much better choice. Uh, so I, I I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's a side story or if you would say it's part of the overall story. Yeah. Um. So I, I guess I'm kind of confused there uh, because like, is it part of Batman or is this going to be something that's all on its own and we're going to get another book? Because I was under the impression. They were trying to reduce the amount of books, but if you're going to throw in multiple stories, yeah, then you're going to up the cover price. And if you up the cover price, then I'm less likely to buy it. <laughs> yeah. So, so. I, I think this. I mean, it, it harkens back to us too, like asking the question of like, why was Tim Fox Batman? Like, why why did none of the none of the apparent heirs to 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 the cow want? Why didn't they want the cow? Well, we, we kind of understand, we have a base understanding of that now, right? Like, if Damien is a member of the League of Assassins again, or he's heading the League of Assassins again, he's not going to be Batman. 
right? So that makes sense that if if this relationship with him and Talia evolves over the course of you know, you know, the next year or two, give or take, with you know Damien not sticking around the Bat family side of things, and it makes sense that he wouldn't he wouldn't take over the mantle when Bruce was, you know, basically shunned in the hiding, so to speak. But we also got to remember, though, too, like we say take up the mantle of Batman, like Bruce wasn't existing in the same time frame that Tim Fox's Batman is existing. That's what it makes makes it a little convoluted. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my points on that later when we talk about Future State and the things that we think they did well and didn't do well. Um, what do you think about James exploring or taking the time to explore Scarecrow as a character. I mean, it's fine. It's, I don't think he has done anything with him up to this point. So we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, I, I have faith that he'll, he'll do it justice and, and make him an interesting, I mean, Scarecrow is already an interesting villain, but, um, we'll see what his take on him is. And, and I think what the, it does for, for the development of Batman, I think Jorge Jimenez is, um, character design for Scarecrow was one of the most original incarnations of the character that we've seen. Um, obviously the syringes uh, on the fingers comes from a um, comes from the Arkham video game series but the you know the, the gas mask the over exaggerated you know Scarecrow aesthetic to it it's just it's very very uh, Jorge Jimenez I should say. But yeah, like I said, I'm I'm excited. Um they introduced a new Batmobile um which appears that it could be the last Batmobile. So Bruce is doing his best to not wreck it and not destroy it. <laughs> you know, he you know, he he's doing everything he can to make it as fast as it possibly can but also to maintain it so it doesn't you know, blow up or do anything crazy. Um but yeah, so it's it's very, very, uh, very on par for what we expect from James and company. I think with, um, with the Batman series, we also obviously are getting, um, we're still getting Detective, um, but we'll see what what that brings out because Detective was doing well too. I think prior to Future State, as far as story goes with the mayor and um, the mirror and everything that they were doing with that, but we'll see. Um, let's move on. Let's go to Infinite Frontier because uh, that'll segue us in the future state and everything we like that like about it. Um, I really, so I really enjoyed Rebirth. It's one shot when it came out a couple years back and they re, you know, they've re, they soft rebooted last time. Um, the the reveal at the end of Rebirth was obviously the the button in the Batcave, the Watchman button in the Batcave. Um, but this there was a lot going on in Infinite Frontier. You you basically have Wonder Woman who is being offered uh, a spot amongst they're they're not really gods because they don't play. You know what I mean? The, the, the quintessence, they're not really, they don't play a role in like what's happening. They just allow it to happen. Does that make sense? Right. They're, they're uh, omnipresent, but not omnipotent. Yeah. 
So you have, um, you know, you have familiar, the familiar face of Spectre, obviously, um, guiding Wonder Woman. So she, Wonder Woman was warned at the end of Death Metal that there was going to be this great cost or great sacrifice or in, impending danger if, you know, she didn't stick around or as a result of the events of Death Metal and the, basically the reestablishing of the of the DC multiverse into this new omniverse. Um, and she tells, you know, she tells the quintessence, like, I can't join you because, you know, there's this greater... There's this greater problem that that needs to be addressed before I can feel comfortable doing that. Um, this great cost is is what they call, she calls it and what they've called it. Um, so the specter takes her through the the DC. You know, I guess it doesn't really seem like you're going through a timeline. It seems like they're 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 hopping around her Earth, trying to basically convince her that like everything's okay. You don't have to worry about anything. Um. First uh, character we visit is Superman, um, who is basically we get we finally get the Shazadam, you know, reveal that we've been talking so much about, and Bleeding Cool has been just fucking beating like a dead horse over the last month and a half. Um, it is everything we sa- we said it would be. It's some person calling Black Adam Shazadam, um, and obviously Superman. Hope is hoping that Black Adam has turned a new leaf where Flash isn't so optimistic. Um, but like you said, that's very Superman esque that he see, tries to see the best in everybody in every situation. And even Flash makes the comment of, like, you know, oh, to be you when he talks to Clark. Um, and then Diana jumps with Spectre to Gotham City where we find that the Joker, there's, there's a perceived Joker attack on Arkham. And we get the reveal that potentially Bane is dead. We don't know if it's legit or not, but they obviously had Bane chained up um, in a maximum security portion of Arkham. And when the guard finds Bane's guards deceased, he pulls Bane's mask off and lo and behold, Bane is also dead. And they're all smiling, but you know the, the way the guard says it, they're smiling but not laughing. They put the whole building into lockdown, hit a signal green, and obviously anybody with any sort of access to any sort of alarm systems in the city realizes that, oh shit, the Joker just hit again. Um, once again, we're, you know, we're reintroduced to Huntress, Oracle, uh, Orphan, and Spoiler. I guess, effectively, they are considered Batgirls now. Um... And obviously with Barbara running as Oracle, she gets the alert that, hey, there's a code green at Arkham. Uh, then obviously we get another little conversation between um, Tim or Jace, whatever you want to call him, and Lucius Fox playing chess and Grifter coming in because we, we were introduced to Grifter at the pr- previous, the future state as being basically the hired bodyguard of Lucius Fox. Um, and with the code green, uh, obviously Lucius seems to be a high interest target for the Joker after Joker war. So they, you know, he says he wants to rush him to the bunker. Um, 
then we get the mayor talking with Commissioner Montoya about, you know, what they need to do to fix things. And But obviously Batman's already on the way to Arkham to try and figure out what's going on. Um, Diana then goes back to Themyscira. We find out that Nebula is not replacing her as Wonder Woman. Uh, we find that Nebula is actually replacing her mother as the queen of Themyscira, and her mother is going to go into the real world and I, I guess try to maintain the, man, the mantle, but it sounds like she's actually going to go and mentor Yara Floor because she says that that's, where, that's who she's going to look for. She's going to look for Yara. Um, we're then introduced a pre-Wonder Woman um, Yara Floor before she, I think, realizes who she is. Um, but it looks like she's got some people on her tail that are looking to potentially take her out. Um, Wonder Woman then travels to Battery Park, uh, New York, where the old Justice Society uh, used to get together, and we are introduced to Alan Scott and his two kids, um, Jade and Obsidian. Obsidian. Um, I don't mind this. I just didn't get it. Unless we're getting like a JSA book. It felt like very, like, you know, we say like DC does a pretty good job of, of, of blending diversity and putting things in the books that make sense. Like it didn't make sense. Like, did they have, did they feel like they had the need to reintroduce Alan Scott as a, a gay superhero? I, I will. I guess the thing is, I don't know how many people know. So maybe if this is somebody just jumping in, like, uh, yeah. think of it like, you know, if you had never read a DC book, but you started at Rebirth, yeah. you wouldn't know anything about what was going on. So this is all new. So maybe that's why they did it. But if you're, if you're a DC fan, like you and I, like we already know about Alan Scott, that's, yeah. he's been out of the closet for what, like 10 years or longer. I, I don't know. It, it feels like it's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a while. But then obviously, like, he came out to his kids, and his kids are very, you know, accepting whatever, you know, he makes comments about the new generation, you know, being fearless, essentially, but that's fine. I mean, I guess, I mean, you gotta, you gotta throw some, some, some bones to the, to the next generation in these things. Um, We are then introduced to the newest batch of Titans heading to Titans Island for the new Titans Academy series that's coming out soon. Um, I believe next week. And we kind of already know what happens, right? Isn't this what we talked about with future state? Like I obviously you didn't, I know you didn't dive super deep into future state. You read kind of the titles that we knew we were going to cover, but they all die. <laughs> like, I've seen the end of this movie and it's, um, I'm, it's like I, I watched the ending and now I'm watching the start, which is fine because I am interested to see what gets us to the point that we're at with Red X and, you know, the, the, the original Titans and whatnot. But it's like, I, I have no feeling to be invested in any of these kids that just got on this boat because none of them fucking survive. Um, but you get a nice little splash page of Titans Tower and then what is perceived to be the original Titans waiting on these kids to come back. Um, and then we get, uh, we jump over to Metropolis where still 
Superman's gone. Perceivably, he's on the war world that his future state book took place on, took place in and on. But Spectre, you know, basically brings Diana to Metropolis and says, like, hey, Jonathan Kent is not, he's not good. Like, there's a darkness in him. And, you know, basically he tries to say, like, you know, Spectre tries to warn her, like, that he, he has to be stopped from being Superman. Um, and obviously he's trying to make his case and saying, you know, whatever. And like, he keeps saying like the things that he's doing is wrong or, you know, pig headed or whatever. And he obviously flies into the, basically the bowels of this monster that's attacking Metropolis. Um, and Diana ends up pointing out basically, you know, all the stuff that he's went through over the years. Um, and you know, he was showing his wisdom and compassion by going inside of the monster to basically return it. It's, I guess it's actual form back to its home planet. So it was no longer upset or scared or whatever. And basically she makes the point of like, you know, he, Jonathan Kent is not the one, not one that we need to worry about. And he's not the great cost. Um, we then jump to what is perceived to be Seattle or Emerald City or whatever the hell they're calling Green Arrow's hideout and location. But we, we get Green Arrow and Black Canary. We haven't had a Green Arrow book standalone or really him involved in anything major in current DC continuity since Event, Event Leviathan last year. But his main book stopped two, probably two years ago now. Um, yeah, it didn't last very long. It no, was, uh, which was very, which was kind of yeah, it was kind of disappointing because uh, you still had the the popularity of Green Arrow from from the TV show. Yeah, so it was just weird that they just stopped it. Um, and then we we also in the midst of that Green Arrow story, we get you know we get you know notice that Roy Harper is back um, from the dead, and even he doesn't know why he's back from the dead. So I'm assuming we will explore that in some way, shape, or form at some point. Um, we then take a trip to um, the Valley Ford. No, it's Blue Valley, right? Yeah, Blue Valley. Um, and we get Stargirl in print again um, for the first time in probably a handful of years. Um, this is This is an obvious you know, Hey, we're going to put, we're going to print her a book because we're doing the show, which I'm okay with. I like, you know, I like Stargirl. I think she's a compelling character and obviously it brings back a lot of the JSA, um, characters as well. And it was honestly of all the like little stories that you got in the infinite frontier, this was probably the most complete start to finish. Like it gave you an explanation of like, who she was, where she's from, who her dad was, or, you know, or who, who, who her stepdad is and who his partnership was through the JSA and so on and so forth. Um, and it was just, it, it was, it was fun in my opinion. Like if you're a younger, you know, if you're a younger like kid, like, you know, you're in your teenage years or whatever, you're, you're, you're kind of phasing out of like the, the, you know, some of like the kiddier stuff as far as comics goes. This was a nice, like, coming-of-age, teenage-type feel to it. So I think it'll be interesting to see. And I'm not 100% sure, but I would assume Jeff Johns played a role in that. I don't know, because he obviously he was the original writer for 
Stargirl. But um, we then jump back to Gotham. Uh, Batman is on scene. Gotham, or um, they, they're basically showing us where all of Batman's allies are in the midst of all this stuff going on. Um, and even some where some of his enemies are currently. Um, the security guard that called in the code green um, saves a bunch of orderlies that were hiding out in an oxygen room and Arkham ends up blowing up. <clears throat> the guard ends up dying. I'm making that presumption, but I mean, it is a comic book. Just because you have two, you're missing two limbs doesn't mean anything, I guess. Um, but as Batman's on scene, <clears throat> he realizes there's about 17 people left inside the building, um, to include all the inmates. So my big question, and I, I mean, I'll ask you, do you think that means that we're getting like a new rogues gallery? Like, is that, is that where we're pushing towards? Uh, I, I don't, mm. Because what are the chances? I don't know. The, the, I, I didn't. I didn't get that feeling. What are the chances the seventeen that survived are like big name bad guys that we know? Because because yeah, like, we don't know who was in Arkham, right? We know Bane presumably was there, and he was dead before explosion, apparently. But like Harley's out, Ivy's out, Catwoman's out, Penguin's out. But like, what about Two Face? What about Killer Croc? What about Clayface? Like, there's a lot of well, they they kind of hit on Clayface before, um, in Infinite Frontier. He's one of the allies, I think, that they they hit on. Um, but yeah, that was my first thought. Was like, well, if all these people die in Arkham, like, who are the bad guys now? And I think that's probably the easiest way to move on and create original bad guys, new original bad guys is by basically killing off some of the older ones, right? You don't want all these lingering bad guys just hanging out at Arkham because then Arkham's actually doing its job. It's keeping people locked up, um, which is a crazy thought, I know. But, um, yeah, so I like I said, I, I that was a very interesting panel, a very interesting turn of events in, in, in Infinite Frontier. Um, we're also introduced to... Um, you know, Mr. Saint. Um, but we're also at, you know, at that point, Simon Saint is talking to Scarecrow and we get a serious, a, a really nice splash page Scarecrow, um, shot. Uh, we then jump to a Green Lantern story, um, which has Simon Baz and Jonathan Stewart. And I'm really, you know, the one thing I could say about the Green Lantern story that makes me, makes me happy is that they addressed that Simon Baz and Jess were a good team. Yeah. Like in, like it, within the first two panels, he says, you know, I, you know, I hope he said, you know, I shouldn't be here. He said, you know, John says, you keep saying, that. he said, true is true. John, me and Jess were a good team. That's a great line to open up with because there's probably a lot of fans out there like myself of DC comics that really enjoyed the Simon Baz, Jessica Cruz run. And we were like, you know, why the fuck did we stop that? Once again, right. Jessica Cruz isn't in this book right now. So 
I'm good. At co- least like her, uh, Kyle and Hal are all mentioned, right? Like, yes. So uh, that, that hopefully leads to involvement with them or, or something more going forward. And we get away from the Grant Morrison. Yeah. Green Lantern. And I still story. don't, I still don't know who this Kelly chick is. You might be able to inform me a little bit, but I don't remember them picking up a kid anywhere with a backpack. It was one of those, like when they were trying to make all of the, uh, like all of the young versions of superheroes. Um, like, like she's a, I, t- I think, yeah, I see that. I don't, I see like the, a teen Titan. Yeah. It says, yeah, I'm not really getting this whole teen lantern thing. Yeah. I see it. No. I don't know. She doesn't interest me. Where's Jessica Cruz. You guys keep saying you want diversity. You made me, you made me enjoy a character enough. And then now I don't fucking get her in any incarnation of the book whatsoever. I'm going to complain about green lantern. I don't care. Who, Grant Morrison, you could put shit at this point. You could put James Tynan on it. If Jessica Cruz isn't involved, I'm going to complain about it. Because no offense, like Simon, if I'm talking about their run, <clears throat> Jessica was more interesting of a character than Simon Baz was like as a, as, as a part of their team. But I don't know, like, I don't know enough about Simon Baz as an individual other than he's the only Green Lantern ever felt a need to have a gun. So at the end of the day, like I said, I, I'm I'm more of a Jessica I'm a Jessica Cruz stan. I'm 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 very much entrenched in thinking that she needs to have some way, shape, or form a major role within the next Green Lantern series. Um yep, we jump to Barry Allen. Um he's at the House of Heroes within the multiverse, um, where we get reintroduced to President Superman. Um which we will talk about in our next around the multiverse issue next week on Monday. Um, the talks and discussions amongst DC about having a black Superman reboot um, <clears throat> for movies. So this is now two things within this infinite frontier that in my opinion connect directly to something they're doing somewhere else, right? Why else are you putting President Superman in this comic book? You know what I mean? He, he is he an important character in the scheme of the multiverse? Sure. But nobody's asked for him. Nobody's wanted him, right? But they make this announcement, or, or the, these rumors start really rumbling that there's a Superman reboot in works at, you know, Warner Brothers, AT&T, and it's going to be a uh, African American lead. So I I think that's what makes sense. But obviously flashes on the cosmic treadmill um within the totality and you know he basically Wally West jumps in um to to panel and they're having a conversation about like w- what's next for the flash essentially. You know what I mean? What is you know, what's Barry Allen going to do next? And Barry basically says that he's going to explore the Omniverse um, with him being the most well-versed in jumping between multiverses. He, you know, he believes he's the best to explore this new Omniverse where all these worlds exist within one. Um, and then he points out Earth Omega, which is a planet that they don't have any information on whatsoever. Um, and when Barry announces basically that he's leaving Earth and while I asks him, well, what about the Justice League? What about Central City? 
um, you know, it, saying it needs a flash, he makes a statement that you're the flash now, Wally, which is the second time in DC's history that Flash has basically pulled, you know, t- you know, pushed the mantle down to Wally West. And I don't mind it. I like Wally. Um, but my question becomes is, is Wally going to keep his costume or is he going to wear the Flash costume like he did the last time? Because I prefer, I prefer that he go to the, to the Flash costume. Because he could change it a little bit. It doesn't have to be, you know, exactly like Barry Allen's. But I think that, I think that matters in the scheme of things. Because when people see him without the, without the full cow and his hair sticking out, they still think a kid Flash. Like, I'm, like you, you can do what you want, but he's still kid Flash right. to me. Right, he's he's not, and and my thing is like it doesn't matter how many times they say Wally West is the Flash, Barry Allen is the Flash. Yeah, but <laughs> but I don't mind. I don't mind it. Like I said, I I like Wally. I think he's a a compelling character. He has a lot. Obviously, we know he's also supposed to have his kids get married, do all that good stuff, and we know everybody's starting to remember. Ooh, sorry, starting to remember their past from previous new 52 because in the green arrow portion of this infinite frontier issue they talk about you know we're we're getting our memories back like little by little like we're you know things are starting to piece together um and then we got um spectre walking uh wonder woman basically through the rest of the tiles of this omniverse showing her like all the stories and things that, like different things that are going on in different earths and things like that along the way. Um, this is the only appearance of Jessica Cruz <laughs> in this entire story when they, they have the little block with, like you said, Guy Garner, Kyle Rayner, Jessica Cruz, and um, Al Jordan. And then she basically tells the specter that she's ready to go back and talk to the quintessence um, about her decision um, and when she gets there, she makes the claim like, you know, they think she's going to join them. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm good. You just showed me everything that there is to see and do in this, in this new omniverse. And I want to make the most of it. Um, and she wants to basically go out and explore the infinite frontier. Um, then we get a solid splash page. Like that's a very good splash page. Um, with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, all our, our familiar faces, and, and some new ones as well, um, all spread out. And then you get a nice little epilogue um, where the Quintessence is standing and looking over this Earth Omega. Earth Omega. And as they're standing there, um, they basically say that, you know, Earth Omega is a place where even gods can come to die or gods can even die on this earth. Um, and as they're saying that, three of them catch what looks like like a black matter spear to the back of the head. And then Spectre and um, I always forget this guy's name that's with Spectre. The, the guy with the, the trench coat and the, the detective hat, whatever his name is. Um, but they end up getting killed too, and Spectre ends up getting his neck snapped. And it says, it is time, it's time for the lower beings of creation to remember who they fear in their, de- in their darkest hours, in their deepest moments of despair. This multiverse is now infinite 
but I am finite. I am fin- I am final. And he steps on Spectre's neck, breaking it. And then you get a sweet ass full splash page of Dark Side. And it says Dark Side is the end. So if we could take the people that write for DC Comics and put them into the professional wrestling world, this is how you long-term book. Right. You know what I mean? Like we, I read Justice League Odyssey all the way through, so I've been getting my dark side fix for a better part of a year. But the dark side is panel, the end, is literally built from Tom King's Mr. Miracle run, which was what, over three and a half years ago now? Yeah. The dark side is panel was so prevalent in that comic. It's, it's almost iconic to it. Right. And, and even to this day, like with the Snyder cut, that's getting ready to come out this month. They use that in the movie. Dark side is dark side is dark side is right. Them doing this is like, okay, they finished the sentence and it is what we thought it was. But we've been saying all along, it didn't matter what Perpetua did. It didn't matter what the Batman who laughs did. It doesn't matter what Lex Luthor did is or does. The, the, the bad, the big bad of the DC multiverse is and forever will be Darkseid. And he's, he's even stronger now because he's, he's living with this, the, the anti, I think he, he, he's basically tapped all into all the, the, the equations that he's been trying to get a hold of. But yeah, he's, yeah, it's a solid fucking, that, this was probably one of the better splash pages in a long time. Yeah, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to see a print of that, like, uh, you know, when, if not already, you know, if somebody hasn't already got it up already, then, uh, you know, when shows resume, you know, I'd like to see if somebody was able to make like a large print of that because it's just a pretty, uh, pretty awesome, uh, splash page. Yeah. And then we get, we get, obviously we get the news that infinite frontier is going to continue as like a, like a, I guess like a, a mini series over time, like with obviously obvious updates. Um, to what's going on within the in the multiverse, and the next issue comes July of of this year. Um, I thought it was a good book. Like you know, Rebirth did a really good job of pulling in some loose strings and bringing things together and summing things up for people who aren't reading comics. But this did a really good job for me too of doing the same thing. Right, it did a really good job of pushing these guys or pushing all these stories into one book but giving them enough page and panel time to kind of flesh things out so you kind of knew where we were headed in, in, in direction-wise. I was very surprised at how much time we got on Batman. And I think that was part in due to the fact that we got Batman the same week as this book. But I was very surprised that like, we got like two or three Batman shorts. I mean, it's all the same story, but you got, you know what, two to three pages for each story for Batman, like three times, you got like six pages for Batman where all the other stories got like one or two. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that. They, they use the respective artists from each series. Like the art changes throughout. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, I thought all the art was great all the way through. I didn't think there was like an artist and I'm usually not a big John Romita fan. And that dark side page was great. Um, the Alan Scott art is fantastic. And it kind of upsets me because we're going to talk about 
um, future state here in a sec um, to wrap up today about what we liked and didn't like about it. But some of the art that's in in this Infinite Frontier is just so much better than some of the art we got over the course of Future State. And I know Future State was a lot of like younger, like lesser known artists. And that was the whole purpose of that, that run was to kind of give some shine to some people that maybe weren't getting it elsewhere. But like I said, the, the artwork within Infinite Frontier was great for, for pretty much every character. You're like, oh, I, I would read a book that looked like that. You know what I mean? Even though, and then obviously the Wonder Woman art was great too, um, throughout in you know just the main story. Um, some of the artists you got uh, Justice League, you got David Marquez, um, Superman, you got Jamal Igel, um, Alex Malavi for Green Arrow and Black Canary. That had a very uh, event Leviathan feel to it, which I was a fan of. Um, the art. During that series, Stargirl, you got Todd Nokia, and, and Stargirl was the Stargirl portion was written by Jeff Johns. Um, Dexter Soy for Green Lantern, Howard Porter, High Fine Josh Williamson for the Flash um, story. Um, Josh Williamson wrote the epilogue for Dark Side. Um, Klaus Jansen and um, John Romita uh, did the art for the Dark Side splash panel. Um, Teen Titans Academy was uh, Rafael Sandoval and Jorge, or sorry, Jordy. I thought I said Jorge. Jordy uh, Tarragona, Tarragona, yeah. And then, oh, the Green Lantern, Alan Scott, was written by James Tynan. Um, Art by uh, Stephen Byne, or Brian. And then... Wonder Girl. Is that what we're calling? Yeah, I don't like that. I, I don't know. We're calling her Wonder Girl? I don't like that. <laughs> I, she No, it's it got to be Wonder Woman. Yeah. Have to be. If Yara Floor is going to put the mantle on, she's Wonder Woman. Uh, but I, I I don't know. That might be something different. Maybe that's... Yeah, maybe it's... I don't know. Wonder Woman, uh, Athela Martinez and Mark Morales... And then obviously Batman is the the normal duo of James and Jorge. Um, yeah. So what were your thoughts? I mean, obviously it's it's a reboot. It's a start to a, a fresh slate, essentially. How did you feel reading this versus maybe how you felt at the end of Death Metal? So I I liked it. I mean, you know, it's definitely a long a long way to get to okay we're starting over yeah <laughs> right but um it was fine you know like they they did a really good job at introducing i guess how how they want to go about moving these stories forward it's just you know again we we know what future state was so it but they they did at least kind of give themselves a parachute right in that when specter is taking um, Diana around and he goes, you know, like, well, this is the future, but it, it could, it could be changed. Yeah. Right. So, um, uh, I enjoyed that aspect of it because I think what we're going to talk about with the future state stuff is that, yeah, we don't want some of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all in all, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but I think I'll, I'll save a lot of what I think, 
for our future state talk because a lot of the stuff that I liked about Infinite Frontier is the stuff that I want to lose from future state. Yeah. So, well, let's 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 dive into it then. All right. So, future state wraps up obviously last week. Um, I'm still a couple books behind on finishing it like completely because obviously just time and and ability, but I did get through a majority of the titles and I've read enough of the titles to know what I had a like, you know, and a dislike of. Um, overall, I think Future State was successful. I think there was a lot of buzz around it. I think there was a lot of talk within the community about it, and I think it sold well from what I've gathered from talking with people within the comic book community. Um, but me and Charlie wanted to talk today. We wanted to give you three things that we liked about it because we don't want to just completely destroy anything, you know, that we talk about. We try to be as, as positively uplifting on most topics as we can on this, this show. But we wanted to give you three things that we enjoyed and one thing that we would just completely cut out. Just one thing that there's... For for us, there's no reason to continue it um, at its current state. Um, so I'll give you my three things that I I liked, and then I'll let Charlie do his, and then we'll talk about the thing that we both would essentially cut out. Um, I enjoyed Yara Floor just like everybody else. I think she has the most potential out of all of the characters that were introduced to get a new following and bring people in to, um, you know, reading her book, so to speak. She, she has the best ability of like somebody who's like a new, essentially a new hire that fans aren't going to feel forced of her taking over the mantle or taking over the role of wonder woman. If that becomes the situation. Um, number two, I like dark detective. And mostly because it's, it's obviously the continuation of the Bruce Wayne story, but it was a different story. He doesn't have all the tools, all the resources that he had. He actually has to use his training and his experience to continue to, to do what he does. And that's be Batman. Um, and then number three, not that it was hard to find a third thing that I really liked, but one that I think you could highlight um, I enjoyed the Justice League book. I may not enjoy all the characters within that Justice League makeup, but I liked their, I, I, I just liked the feel to it. And maybe it was because it was a Justice League book that wasn't a part of a bigger event that I had to go then read six other books to understand what was going on in that book for a change. Like, I think my Justice League book should be a team up book where like they fight a monster and then they they win, and then they go their separate ways kind of thing. Um, so it was nice to kind of get back, to, to get a level of like normalcy of like what Justice League actually is or should be in the future state run. Um, there was other things that I, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the War World Superman. That seemed very maxi miniseries-ish to me. Like we, we obviously understand that Superman isn't going to be on that planet forever, right? Mongol is not going to keep him hostage forever. So we understood like as fans of the Superman character, like at some point he's going to get out of here and get back to earth. So that kind of devalued Jonathan Kent, that kind of devalued Supergirl. So those books didn't hold the same water or weight to me for me that I thought 
you know, the other books did. Um, but yeah, so my, my three things, Dark Detective, Yara Floor, and Justice League, they're my three things that I enjoyed um, and I would like to see more of. So let's hear yours. I want to hear. I'm, I'm very interested in yours. Okay. So for me, um, the the three things that I would keep, the things that I like uh, about Future State, uh, one was the magistrate. I, I enjoyed that premise, um, and I think it's a good thing for you know another entity for Batman to feud with. Um. So I'd like to keep that going. Um. Yara Floor, obviously being, I think, the highlight, I, I think, that everybody saw out of Future State uh, as Wonder Woman. And then uh, my last thing, Jessica Cruz being a badass. Yeah. Like, that was probably um, my favorite part out of the entire Future State. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I agree with all three of those things. I mean, obviously, we hit the same points of, you know, Yara Floor, and I think uh, the Magistrate in terms of Batman overall. I mean, obviously, like I said, I, a highlight for me was Dark Detective. Um, it was, it's definitely a different take on how Bruce is handling the mantle of being a vigilante or being a superhero. Um, I, I distinctly agree with the Magistrate for one reason, one reason only. Plenty of people have tried to take out the Batman. Plenty of people have tried to stop vigilanteism in Gotham City in positions of power. You figure Batman year one, it was just simply the GCPD and the mayoral office trying to stop Batman from occurring. Eventually they work with Batman and there's been plenty of other, you know, bad guys or even good guys who have come in even like before Commissioner Gordon became Commissioner Gordon that wanted to get rid of Batman whether for personal gain or professional gain or whatever, somebody was always trying to, you know, pull the cow back, so to speak, and reveal who was Batman. Right. Um, and get rid of the, you know, the character's mystique. But I think the magistrate stands a good, you know, we, we, we've obviously met Simon Saint, the guy who came up with the magistrate, funds the magistrate, and is pushing it onto the new mayor of Gotham City. But the new mayor of Gotham City has he has come into to power diplomatically. It's not like he fixed his way or, you know, persuaded his right. way. He's a not good like typical Gotham fashion. Yeah. He's a good guy who believes he's making decisions for the right reason. So when he hires the magistrate on, he sees no other reason, no other way of ending the bad stuff that's going on in Gotham without removing the masks from the equation. He wholeheartedly believes that, that Batman and the, ma the other vigilantes are attracting this chaos. And in order to wipe out that chaos, you have to wipe out the good and the bad, essentially. Right. So with Bruce not having his, his, his wealth and tremendous influence that he normally has, I don't see how he overcomes this in the long run without garnering some form of wealth in return. Um, personally, if I'm being honest, and you know, we can obviously wait to see how this play all plays out in the long run, I think Bruce is going to turn to crime. 
and not necessarily crime in the sense that like he's going to rob people or hold people up, but I think he's going to steal from like the penguin and some of these wealthier bad guys. He's going to, he's going to do what he does in order to fund his, his goals. Right. Cause it, right. It, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's like two, two, Essentially, yes, Bruce stands in the middle at this point of right. of like a moral high ground, right? Well, he, he's like a Robin Hood, right? Yeah, you, you know, know, he's a good guy doing good things, but he in the public eye, he's he's no different than Scarecrow or Joker or Penguin. He's acting outside of the law. So when you're technically an outlaw, you know, the the moral compass is like, okay, is it morally incorrect for Bruce as Batman to steal from the penguin who was you you know is being funded by human trafficking. No. Right. So it's, it's going to be really how, how deep does the magistrate get into the grips of Gotham and do they become corrupt? Do they become an entity that even, you know, the mayor can no longer control? Cause I think that's where the yeah. next Batman and dark detective were heading in future state. And I think that's something I think they should continue to explore in either title. Um, but yeah, I, like you said, I enjoy the magistrate. I think with Infinite Frontier and the way Arkham blew up, like I said, I you know earlier in the in the episode, I believe that we're going to get new rogues, original rogues, people that aren't like the the same debilitated characters that we've been watching Batman beat up on for a better part of a couple decades, which is nice. James Tynan's Victim Syndicate in Detective Comics is a great group of bad guys that they need to bring back. Monster Men. At the beginning of Batman with Tom King's run was a great group of bad guys they should bring back. You know, obviously Scarecrow was outside of uh, Arkham at this point, um, but the Magistrate in and of itself, the the League of uh, the the League of Lazarus. There's countless you know avenues that we can explore. Just give us new bad guys. Yeah, trickle in the the namesake guys every once in a blue moon, but not. I hate to say this, it it should be like a video game, right? You're going to have lower level bad guys that don't really matter, but they matter in the sense that they're going to reappear in other, other issues or, you know, other, you know, properties. Right. So just right. give us a throwaway bad guy that, you know, Batman, you know, give us a, a new condiment King or a new polka dot right. man or calendar man, like people that necessarily don't have a place in the upper echelon of the rogues. But then when the Joker comes back or Bane ultimately is proven to be alive or, Two-Face or Riddler or Penguin or Scarecrow. These are the big guys. These are the guys that we should build up to. And right. we shouldn't be abusing their, their, their appearance, so to speak. Okay. Um, so what, uh, what didn't you or what don't you want to see continue? So the only thing that I think if DC just decided tomorrow, they're like, you know what? This didn't, this didn't run the way we thought it was going to run or the way it was going to work. And that's the next Batman. Tim Fox's Batman does not work. Uh, and, bef and before you, before you as a listener jump to conclusions, things like that, I have zero issue with race, class, or anything as far as whoever plays Batman. I don't care. It does not need to be Bruce Wayne behind the cow for me to enjoy the character of Batman. I have enjoyed Dick Grayson's run, Tim Drake's run. I enjoyed the Damian Wayne version of Batman. Um, in um, deceased, you could have put anybody in that cow and I would have enjoyed it. And I've said countless times that when they announced that Tim Fox was going to be the guy, I don't understand why Luke Fox wasn't the guy or why Duke Williams 
wasn't the guy. If you were just simply doing this to to shake things up and create a headline and say an African American, you know, character is going to portray Batman, you had options already. You have people that are trained by the former, you know, Batman or the the actual Batman who could have picked up the mantle and probably grew into the role. You know what I mean? Nobody's nobody's Batman right away. You have you have growing pains. Even Bruce in like year one, year two, and year three, he has growing pains. He makes mistakes. But Tim is so bad as Batman, it's unbelievable that he makes he's a mainstay in that role. And yeah. we didn't we didn't really get into it, but I read the digital first the next Batman Second Son. Um, there's two issues out currently. I read that um, before recording today. And to be honest with you, I was hoping like, man, I really hope we get more into this, right? I'm hoping we get more out of this story. It fleshes out. And this actually is hearkening back to like his origins. The art still fucking sucks. The art was terrible in that. In that. I'm sorry. It's awful. I don't know who the artist is. I didn't take the time to learn her name. I hate it. I hate that art more than I hate John Romita's art. And I'm not a big fan of John Romita. I hate that grainy style. And a lot of people are like, well, The Dark Knight Returns is your favorite. Yeah, I like Klaus Jansen and Frank Miller art. I don't like that style. But the art's the same in the digital version. They give you really good like cover art for that digital thing because you still get a cover. The art on the cover is gorgeous. It's super realistic, almost to a, to a degree of like Alex Ross level realism. I would rather have that on the internal pages than this shitty cartoon style that they're drawing it in. And I, and obviously, art doesn't really necessarily ruin a story, right? But like we've said time and time again, bat you know, comic books are are, are driven by the artist and the stuff that they're putting on the paper, right? So if right. The, if it's if it's not fun to look at, it's going to be a really tough series to get through especially if it's like 30 40 issues of that artist like a lot of people aren't a fan of hi-fi uh hi-fi and the, the combo artist that he works with on the flash the flash art that's in um infinite frontier a lot of people weren't fans of that i'm not a huge fan of it but there's been worse you know what i mean there's worse art than that i can get by on that not a huge fan of it but it is what it is. I'm sure there's a lot of people to listen to our show that have picked up a Department of Truth comic and they're like, I hate this. This art's awful. It fits that story though, right? Right. You were, DC built up this next Batman as like being the next big thing. They got that out of Yara Floor. Yara Floor is the next big thing for DC Comics. Whether it be in print, whether it be in TV or movie, she's it. Strap the rocket to her 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 title and shoot it to the fucking moon. The next Batman completely missed the mark. And there is plenty of people that love it. Don't get me wrong. I've read plenty of glowing reviews for the next Batman. It's a poor publicity stunt. You made it so, a, you made it you made it you made it all out like all oh, the next Batman is gonna be 40% chance he's gonna be or sixty percent or whatever the chance they're gonna be an African American male playing the role. Cool. We were excited. Like we, when we covered it initially, we were like, cool, awesome. We're going to bring in Ridley Scott. Oh my God. Cool. You're going to bring in one of the most well-renowned playwrights from movies. That's also an African-American. So he's going to bring a unique experience to the character or a perspective to the character. And it's just bad. 
The the more compelling story is Tim Fox out of the Batman uniform or out of the Batman costume and him dealing with his inner workings of his family. Yeah. And they show in, in the next Batman Second Son in the digital book, Luke Fox, when Tim Fox gets on scene, gets on in, in back in the Gotham, Luke Fox is still Batwing. And he's actually taking the moniker to a different level. Like he's out actively every day patrolling. Like he's basically taking over the mantle of Batman in the neighborhoods. He's using advanced tech. He's just, he's smarter than everybody he's dealing with, which makes him the perfect replacement. And I'm sure in second son, I'm going to continue to read it. I think, I think it's 12 issues before it starts to print. Um, but I'm going to read the digital version of it. And it makes it makes it easy for me because I'll be ahead of the curve with it. But I'm assuming at some point in time, Luke gives up vigilanteism, probably because of the magistrate or the deal that his mom makes. And he doesn't want to put her in a position of potentially having to arrest him, whatever it may be. But so I hope they get, I, I know we're, well, I know we're, we're closing in on time. Yeah. But, uh, but like I said, I, I, I think, like I said, I think if they drop that completely, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. We could move away from it. Bruce could get his fortune back, and then he could rightfully turn over the air, you know, give an heir to the throne, so to speak. And you could make it Luke. You could make it Duke. You could make it somebody that hasn't been 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 brought into the fold yet. But Tim just doesn't. Or even this, bring Bruce back, and Tim trains under Bruce. I have no problem with that. Make him earn it. But he hasn't earned it. He literally stepped into the role because Bruce lost his fortune and he's he's playing in the shadows now. Yeah. Like it, it just it, he he seems like a very poor man's replacement, and that's not what they needed for this character. They needed this character to be monumental, and he's just not. Um, so what's yours though? Because I'm sure well, you I, mine mine is super simple, uh, you know, and I know, like I said, we're 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 running out of time. So uh, I'll I'll keep it I'll keep mine short and sweet. And it was just the multiple stories per comic. I don't need them. Yeah. I want I, I want to pick up the book. I want to read what I what I'm expecting to read. I don't want to read anything else. That was it. <laughs> um, so did you did you not like the Damien thing at the end of Batman One or Six? Well, if if it ties into Batman, sure. Okay. If it doesn't, then 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 I don't need it because I'm not going to pick up. Uh, a, a Robin book. Yeah, neither am you know I. Mean? It's gonna so. be it's gonna be tough to 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 like you said, if they do that type of thing every every book. But maybe if they they gradually push us into it. But like I said, if that's the only way, like I'm gonna get a Batman and the Outsiders story arc, I'll take it. It's just got to be good. Like a lot of the a lot of the secondary stories in Future State were throwaways. They didn't they didn't like the Catwoman story. I think that that appeared in Dark Detective. They made it like super corny and poppy and cheesy, like them going to a nightclub and all stupid shit. But then you had a you had a Catwoman standalone Future State book that was really good, and it yeah. was her being a badass. And you're just like, it, you're like I agree with you. If it's good, I don't mind it so much if it connects to the story, the, the overall story. Um, but yeah, I, I could do without that too. But like I said, my big thing is is and, and obviously mine's kind of more, you know. Sick, dropping an entire character versus dropping a couple stories. Right. But like I said, I, I, I think there's more to, to be desired from what they were trying to get out of that next Batman. And trust me, there's other things that we've had issues with. We just wanted to pick one major thing we would drop. Um, I, I, you know, personally, I think the Jonathan Kent Superman was handled poorly. Um, I think 
you know, Swamp Thing was a little dry. I know that got a lot of good reviews. I think that could have been done better. Um, but there's plenty of other stuff. I thought Teen Titans was a, a very good book. Um, the Nightwing book is, is was tremendously good. It made him look really good, like really strong as a solo hero for the first time in forever. Right. Um, but we're also getting, next week we get Nightwing um, 76, 75, so whatever. Um, Tom Taylor's taking that over. So we're big Tom Taylor guys, and he's getting to write like a standalone hero book. I'm, I'm going to pick it up, especially if it's in the Batman universe. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, so speaking of next week, um, we'll be back next Friday with a hot off the press um, issue, obviously. Uh, we'll be covering some more books that are coming out next week. Um, I think we have a, a Mighty Morphin coming out next week, so we'll get that um, covered for you guys. Issue number five, I believe. Uh, so we'll get to see what uh, the Rangers and company do to try and combat Lord Zed's uh, takeover of Angel Grove. Um, then next week, we also get from DC a handful of titles. Uh, Superman 29, Joker number one, um, and I believe Rorschach comes out next week, but we, we actually had a little off-air discussion about that. Uh, we're going to spend absolutely no more time on that whatsoever because it's so freaking bad. Um, and then Urban Legends number one um, for Batman, um, which has uh, Chip Zardesky coming over from Marvel. Um, he's been absolutely heralded for his work on Daredevil over the last year or two, so it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the Dark Knight. It's kind of like an anthology book is from what I, I read. It's going to be like individual one-shot stories, so to speak, kind of similar to Batman Black and White, um, which has actually been pretty good as well. So we'll, we'll give you some probably Joker one, Batman or Urban Legends, Superman. Uh, I know Grant Morrison, Green Lantern's coming out with another one, but I haven't read one of those since issue number two. Um, <laughs> God, I'm so excited when this shit ends. It's so fucking bad. Um, but then, uh, you know, we'll give you a little bit of Mighty Morphin as well next week. So um, if, good. we also had Berserker come out, issue number one this week. This week that we didn't cover, me and Charlie are going to take some time to read that and digest it over the weekend and see if we think it's worth covering. That's the new Keanu Reeves book from Boom Studios. Um, a lot of hype. Uh, a lot of people that I've seen reviewing it are giving it like five out of fives, 10 out of tens. So maybe it's another independent book that we can throw onto the pile um, and start covering if we, we enjoy it. I have no idea what it's about, but it's got Keanu Reeves in it, so... Um, but yeah, so that'll be next week. We'll be back Monday, um, this Monday with around the multiverse. Um, we should be able to wrap up WandaVision, right? WandaVision ends this week. Um, if Charlie can and finds a time to do so, maybe he can watch the first two episodes of Superman and Lois and we can cover that. Uh, I think you guys would be pleasantly surprised after the questionable takes that we had on its initial teaser images. Um, it's actually, uh, been pretty good um for, through the first two episodes definitely a different feel than most of the cw um properties that have been coming out but if you haven't done so already to stay up to date on the newest issues of the dad's got issues podcast like subscribe um make sure you guys comment leave us a good rating bad rating whatever you want just let us know we're doing right what we're doing wrong and then uh follow us on all in, uh, social medias at, at dj podcast instagram facebook twitter um, leave us some comments, interact with our posts. Um, 
like I said, we, we try to be as regular on there as possible. If there's something you want to hear, want to hear our opinions on through the show, um, shoot us a message or shoot us a comment through social media. We usually respond back and we'll take your request in kind and include it on the next issue of Dad's Got Issues podcast. So you got anything else, Charlie, on your end? I do not, sir. All right. Uh, so uh, send us home. All right, brother. Uh, well, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, and uh, we'll see you all next issue. Mark, go ahead and get our music. Thank you.